0: Hello, this is M.P. Lockwood. Um, I do sometimes a podcast and blog uh, called No Core. I also do a music project called Radio Shock. And I run a record label called Decoherence. And I'm doing right now an interview with a band whose cassette tape I'm putting out on that record label. So I'm I'm blending some of these interests together in this kind of... Uh, interview slash podcast slash promotion piece. Um but uh I think it all makes sense. And uh this band I'm talking to, they're a queer no wave band from Denton, Texas called the gay cum daddies. And uh that, that may all sound a little odd or curious and that's why I wanted to talk to these guys to so let them explain themselves in their own words, and also because, honestly, I'm kind of curious. Why, why does this strange no-wave scene seem to be happening in this particular town? Why does there seem to be a hotbed of great uh, avant-noisy rock bands happening where they are? So I talked to these guys all while they were in their van en route, to kick off a tour that's beginning right about now. They're going to be in New York City on uh, March 11th this Saturday. And uh, here's how it went. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking to these guys.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you're fine. I, you can do anything you want, uh, but I, I was just talking to the band. Or just because we're on speakerphone. Yeah, Anyways, okay. how are you doing today?
0: I'm, I'm doing all right. So you guys are on the road to, uh, you're not playing a show tonight, are you?
1: No, I wish, I kind of wish we were now, but we totally are, it's like...
0: Cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the start of your tour, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like act like I'm an interviewer here, in the even though this is kind of a casual conversation, just because uh, to make this a fun way for uh, anyone who's new to your band to come up to speed instead of having to read like a bio, I thought maybe it'd be fun to make something people could listen to. Yeah,
1: that's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so I'm M.P. Lockwood. I am I run the Decoherence label. I'm putting out you guys' cassette uh, album. I kind of like to approach all albums as albums, regardless of the format they come out on. I don't know if people even care about that much these days anymore, but uh, does everyone there want to like just say your name and your own voice so we have some sense of who's there?
2: Yeah. Hi, I'm Reese, uh, and I'm the leader of the band or whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the voice of the band reads, I'm Rick and I play drums. Hi, I'm Kenny and uh, sometimes I play keyboard, but right now i play bass. Hey, I'm Steve. I play the saxophone and the tapes.
0: All right. All right. So the the, the first question is like, you guys are in a lot of other bands, it seems. Uh yeah. So like how many how many different acts are each of you in 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 your uh own little Denton noise rock scene?
1: <laughs> Me and Reese are in like seven bands together. Uh, there's a lot. Um, Reese you should comment on them. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. It's there's like the mom, Lushnark, Gay Come Daddy, Cow Tweed. Uh uh-huh. Problem Dog, Baby, Baby Blood. Avery Boner and the blonde Dicks. Uh Avery Boner and the Blonde Dicks. A thousand one days in Sodom. Yeah. Um, Bozo garbage Fan. Rick isn't in Bozo Big Garbage fan, but uh Kenny did.
0: Okay. now I <laughs> I talked to Rick in New York when he played with uh Baby Blood. And yeah. w- one one interesting thing in our conversation that I noticed is I'd say like, oh well, your band this, and he's like, no, no, that's not my band. That's such and such person's band. And then I mention <laughs> another band to someone else, they'd be like, oh no, 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 I'm I'm in that band, but that's not my band. This one's my band. So, <laughs> how do you decide whose band is, whose what band belongs to whom? I, I don't know. How's that logic work?
1: Well, okay, most bands are all of our bands, but in the sense of, like, Gay Come Daddy, it started off as Reese's band solo, and now we play it live, and Reese has, like, a huge say in how the songs are written. Like, he, like, writes a demo, and we, like, learn it, and sometimes we write parts for it, or sometimes he tells us what to do, uh, but he, like, makes all the decisions on, like, how the songs are going to be, or like the direction
0: of the band. Authorship decides whose band a band is.
1: Yeah, like, like yeah, like Reese is like writing the songs for Gag Daddy, and that kind of makes it his band. I think uh, Bukaki Mom started off as Reese's band and got hijacked.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I either like relinquished control or it just kind of. I just kind of let it happen or something, and it turned into like a group effort. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing that I got hijacked, but it, it, it definitely happened.
1: Um, did, did that answer your question, please?
0: Yeah, I think I think I got the the gist of it. Anyway, so what's the uh, uh, what's what's the Denton scene like? Uh, I mean, do you have a a decent audience for all these bands? How many people are at shows who are also in bands?
1: It seems pretty good. Like, like if, you, if I were to tell you, talk to you about it enough, I would tell you it's, it's like kind of lonely. But for real, like we can do whatever the hell we want, and like we usually don't clear the room entirely. It's kind of like those much more shows. Like, like I like I just put Chris Pitsiokos and Philip White, and like a lot of people are coming to see them, and it's doing really good. Uh, there aren't a bunch of no wave bands and besides our pile of no-wave bands, really. Okay. Um, but there's an audience. I think, like, there's not a lot of people doing it. Like, the audience of Denton has actually treated us pretty well, I would say. Like, okay. versus, like, when we go to, like, Athens, Georgia, and, uh, like, we play for, like, four people or something. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's pretty good compared to most... I think we've, like, harvested this little Petri dish of... Weirdos, like all in the same room enough that like it it works pretty good for us. Yeah, like we play so many shows. Like we, me and Reese probably play like seven or eight shows a month or something. I don't know. Like that's not even a show. Like I think that's like probably seven or eight shows a month, like in Denton or something. Yeah, like a good month. On a good month, you know, sometimes four shows or something. But that's still a lot of No Wave shows.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that seems like Happening. that seems like as much of that kind of music as happens in Brooklyn, really.
1: That's great. Um, so but Brooklyn has like it, at least ten no wave bands.
0: Uh, yeah, I suppose that's that's probably true. But you know, I mean, <laughs> between all your bands, it sounds like you have ten or more as well. Uh.
2: Yeah,
1: but this is like 10 fresh source of ideas. We we have our little pool of people, though. I, there's just more people doing it, at least from my, uh, like, me being over a thousand miles away. Like, it just seems like y'all have at least 40 people playing no-wave music in, Denton, uh, in New York. Versus in Denton, there's probably, like, 12 or something.
0: Okay which
1: is great. I'm glad that there's 12 in Denton. Like, I love all of them. All 12 of the no-wave musicians in Denton are very close to my heart. <laughs>
0: right, so it's a it's a friendly, close-knit family.
1: Yeah, for real, they really are. Like, I've, I've basically replaced my family with these 12 no-wave people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess part of the reason Maybe I'm kind they're... of still Im- impressed by... Uh, the scene in like a not New York City town of, you know, kind of like avant noisy rock is that it it sort of seems like this style is not at its peak popularity in the country. It's definitely not like a trendy thing at the moment. Uh, I don't know. If not you, at all. It, yeah, I don't know if you get that impression or see that. So I, I wonder how like uh, such a scene cropped up when you don't have like a few million people like there are in New York.
1: I remember the first time I saw Bukaki Mom, I was like blown away that there was like actually somebody in living distance of me playing the music I wanted to hear, like exactly. So it is kind of like crazy circumstance that we met, but we also all lived in the same small town, so it was inevitable. But uh, yeah, it's actually I'm pretty uh, impressed by it too. Uh, Reese, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, it's like what? Like, can you repeat the question one more time?
0: I don't know if there was a solid question. I was just trying to trying to get your impressions of, like, uh, how you found each other, enough people to uh, get a bunch of bands together playing a style of music that doesn't seem like it's at peak popularity. Because, honestly, it seems like it'd be kind of tough. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been kind of tough for me to find, like, two to three other people to form a band with here. Uh, maybe I'm just more antisocial or something, too, but...
1: It's really hard. I honestly think part of it, that the reason it worked out is because it's such a small town and everyone's pretty cool. Uh, I met the Bukaki Moms and then, like, basically, everyone has gravitated to me since then, like, that I've wanted to collaborate with. Like, it's been kind of easy because everyone's so willing to and didn't.
0: All right. I have have another idea. I was going to, like rattle off some bands that what you guys are doing reminds me of and you can you'll probably be fans of them all but I'm just wondering like what you consider an influence or or what you think actually does sound sort of like what you're doing or not um Okay. And whether it's insulting or not, I'm kind of lumping a few of your bands together in my mental picture of like what you do, because uh, you know it seems like Flesh Narc is related and uh, Bukaki Mom's, of course, related too. Um,
1: yeah, they're all really related to each other, I would say. But we're trying to make them different, as well, still being just a fucked up rock band. I like, there's like funny context there, but like we are trying to make them all a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean I suppose one of the things I wonder is if you have active bands too, like how do you know what song goes to what bands? Have the bands ever covered one of the other band songs? Uh
2: well, that happened. That there's been some crossover with uh Gay Come daddies and Bukkake Moms. Just right. Yeah, that's kind of the We that's kind of just weird cover being I don't know, funny or something, but uh Bukake Moms and Gay Come Daddies have definitely shared because I used to be, like, the sole writer of both of them, so it just kind of makes sense. The song Dreaming on Crumbs coming out
1: is, like, the pinnacle song on the next to be released Bukaki Mom song, too. Yeah. Like, there, there is definite overlap. That's, like, some of the most obvious overlap we'll ever do, probably. But, uh, there's, like, a horror, not a horrible, I actually love it. There's, like, a completely, like, haywire version of Dreaming on the Gay Come Dad tape that you're releasing. It's okay. the second to last song, and that's like, we toured that song with Bukaki mom the year before, and it's different arrangement, kind of, but same thing, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's I'm, I'm wondering if anyone will ever notice that, but, uh, it's,
2: I, I also have, like, lyrics that, like, lead over to, like, all of my projects, because like, weird little, like, I don't know, everything's kind of, like, connected, but I don't know if anybody will... Like catchy, I don't really care, but it's part of that process too. I guess.
0: Okay.
1: We're fans of uh, conceptual continuity.
0: <laughs> All right. It's like a it's like a Marvel Cinematic Universe of bands here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, uh,
0: if they're comic book nerds in the van, I don't know.
1: Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> All
0: right. Well, let me let me toss out some of these like. Good, Things that are what you're doing reminds me of. I think I think it's kind of obvious that A- Arabon Radar and U.S. Maple. I'm assuming that you're probably fans of those and consider them an influence.
1: Those oh two. yeah, they're completely pivotal. Like I'm sure that me when when I met Beth and Reed from Bukaki Moms, like that was probably in the first ten minutes of our conversation was talking about both those bands. Yeah yeah so we like we definitely have like u.s maple parts and then the hair radar parts but i feel like i've been consciously trying to separate from both of these games be yeah yeah we're, so we don't try to beat them but we love them like i was yeah like, we got to play with Doomsday a couple of years ago and i would say that's the best show i've ever played in my life
0: all right well, uh, do you listen to or you consider an influence? Another thing that I, it seems like I hear a little bit is Truman's Water. I don't know if that's something you've listened
2: yeah. To, I to. Yeah, I, I got super into Truman's Water, like, when I went to college. A whole bunch of shit while loving Truman's Water. <laughs>
0: yeah. Part of the, the thing that you're really prolific, which was like a Truman's Water thing, it seemed like they could just yeah. continue tossing off new songs, like... A few every day if they got together. I get that impression from what you do. I don't. I don't know if you feel like that's something you're capable of, but
1: I think it's an on and off thing with like the being able to create so many songs and learn them. Lately, though, we've been writing them in the bunches and then like sitting on them for a minute and then like getting bored real quick and then doing that again. Like songs rarely last like over a year in our lives. That this depends like gay Come daddies never plays old stuff anymore. Like yeah. Uh, we used to play like unhinged versions of them. <laughs> like, like gay Come daddies would sometimes play shows where I would just play a drum machine and not a drum set and we would do completely unhinged versions of the classics. Uh, but we we haven't played a old song. Like even on this new tour, we're about to play only one song from the tape you're releasing. Okay. And then are the rest of our stuff is, like, a stuff that we're about to record a week after tour, and it's going to split with this band, Torgo. My favorite No Wave band that's happening right now, I would say.
0: Okay, I don't think I know them, so I'm you, excited you to check them? it out now. No, I don't know them, I don't think.
1: Oh, dude, you, you have to. Like, they are so good. Uh, Penny has a really good video of a full set from when we played with Torgo in Columbus, Columbus last summer. So if you type in Torgo, like D-O-R-G-O, and Gay Come daddies into YouTube, you'll see this video. Okay. It, it fucking rolls. You're so good. Do you know Bob Hat?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know him.
1: That yeah, he's in Torgo.
0: Okay. I guess I've, the name sounds familiar, but I'm just pretty sure I've never listened to this. I've probably seen him mention it, but all right. So
1: like, sometimes well, i play old
2: songs though, but Gay Come Daddy doesn't really. Yeah, Gay, Come, Gay Come Daddy has like a super deep discography from like years ago when I was like really really prolific, and we're like a different band now. It was almost like indie rock or something for a second, but like a little like off the wall and a little bit fucked up. But I, it's just it's over. All right. All over now. <laughs>
0: I wanted to ask a little bit about your, you know, I don't know, dynamic or songwriting pro- process, because you really kind of nail this, this zone that I really love to hear, which is like things sounding like they're on the verge of falling apart, or it sounds like it's chaos, but everyone knows what they're doing somehow. Uh, so I don't know, is there, is there some some key you use to keep the band together when it's chaos or do you like write a song and then let it fall apart or what's what's your favorite way to approach that zone? Uh well,
2: it's pretty much like I just record a demo and I just have a certain way of like not really playing Together, but like saying, or you I I'll just like ignore what I'm doing, but it like fits together somehow, and then I just force people to learn that, and then that somehow works out. Uh, I don't oh, know. Learning though, so, yeah, we don't like meticulously like
1: plan it out really, like
2: you would maybe think we would. Just
1: listen at it at a time, we look at two at a time, and then we figure out what our part is, and either we follow one of the other parts, or we completely don't pay attention to it and count in our heads. Uh, It's kind of an interesting fix. There's like cues and like, I guess like my most recent motto as of this week is like, no matter what I play, it's just fucking awesome. and uh, I'm just really set on that right now, like just believing that. But it also means you have to bring it. But like, so like, we just, I don't know, we've, we've really delved into, like, this whole, like, amorphous part where, like, not everything's linear, but you get really good at, like, fitting your misplaced, like, or your, like, your different-sized parts over each other and maximize, like, how good they sound. Like, but, like, the meter, there is no meter a lot of the time. Where, like, there's a really, like, melting meter in the sense of, like, one measure will be longer than the other intentional I don't, like but that's like an improvised thing. I feel like we've been improvising a lot lately too to varying different degrees but uh, I think that helps a lot. It's just loving to improvise. But also that's but that being said, when we play live like with gay companies like I think less than ten percent of it's improvised. But I think the whole improvising mentality really helps with the whole chaos but in control thing
0: this this actually all reminds me a bit of something that um weasel walter said well at one of the shows i saw yeah. him at he said that somebody was asking him to i i think i'm getting this story right and the quote right but he said somebody was asking him to be part of some recording project where they were going to have each person record over the other people's parts uh without listening to the other parts so that it would just be chaotic. Uh, and Weasel said, he thought it'd be, Weasel said he thought it'd be far more interesting if they all got together and played together, but pretended not to hear each other. Which, which uh, I thought we was do, we interesting. We definitely
1: have some stuff like that. Uh, like, we have parts that are completely independent of the rest of the song, but eventually line up either by, like, we, like, mathematically figure out how many times you play it, or there's just a really good cue by somebody... Uh, like a vocal cue or some drums or something, or we kind of just feel it out enough where we're good at feeling it out <laughs> in the moment every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, I think it would be, I think I could really tell the difference and appreciate it more if people were pretending not to hear each other, you know, if they're intentionally playing out of sync. Yeah. Because, of course, you really would be listening and there'd be, you'd go together in an interesting way.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine playing like our songs and not listening to both the guitar part and the bass part at the same time. Like, the way... The friction... Like, I have to hear it so my friction makes more sense. Like, or my tension... I don't know, like... We have, like, this certain level of tension that you have to hit for the stuff to work. Otherwise, it just sounds like nonsense, I guess. There's definitely a lot of interplay and listening going on.
0: Yeah, I mean... obviously I can hear it and then every once in a while there's something where it really is solidly together yeah it's it's really interesting to hear all that and just know something more about the method Uh, let's see next thing uh, this is one of the first things I asked you when we were talking about putting out the tape but I was like how how do people react to the band name gay cum daddies because I was thinking now I'm gonna get questions and I'm gonna have to come back and I feel like you might get it from both sides, where people wonder, is this a homophobic name? And then, you know, of course, like straight-laced people will be like, that's a pornographic name. Is it hard to book shows? Yeah. How do people take it?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, I've definitely gotten messages before from people like trying to make sure that it's not like a homophobic thing or something. And I like confirm with them like what's book video. I don't know. <laughs> it, it it was very strange. It was like kind of out of my hands. There was like all of these guys just like messaging each other, or just like posting their phone number on the page, and it was pretty bad. All right. And
1: obviously, like, me is the leader and singer and songwriter of the band, and he's gay. Uh, I've had a lot of people like get really upset that they think it's just like a joke, like or like an attack. A mockery, but it's totally not that. Even if the music's like complete shit, if you like like Nirvana, it's like if you want to hear like Nirvana, like, you'd probably think we're just complete shit. And I get it, but like, it doesn't mean that we're like attacking gay people just because our band could potentially sound like 50 years. Well, okay. So I think it's a really dissonant name for a really
2: dissonant
1: band,
2: for sure. Yeah. Well, I would like to say that I think it kind of is a joke, but it's kind of like an observation on like a very uh, unexplored like part of society that like people go through. It's like strange, uh, like strange, weird, like gay hookup, like uh, secret weird shit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so, y- you've done a lot of touring. Have there been like some really good hot spots or like really great bands that are not like not in Brooklyn or another place that everyone would know? A really good town you like to go back to? Oh, uh,
1: so hot spots, hotspots to play? in? Yeah, i yeah. Norfolk or Richmond. I like these bands are Minneapolis. Minneapolis has an amazing scene. Uh, uh, Well, definitely Torgo in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, God. Now now that you ask me, okay, we played with the Channel in Boston three years in a row, and I love them. And Boston is always really sick. But Houston's always been really good to us. And like, I really like Sandy Ewan there. And then uh, the God. Dude, I love so many bands. I can't think of any right now. I'm on the spot.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that happens to me too. So I understand. I just thought I'd uh, toss the question out there.
1: What about Shane and Morgan in Athens, Ohio? Everyone knows them already, but like Summer Sausage, Sanders, Stardaddy, Dixie—they're uh, in Athens, Ohio. They're friends with every single cool band already. So all the bands know them, but maybe not all the people that like No Wave know about them yet. But they're really you know them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, um did something called SSS and that's going to be one of the next tapes I'm putting out.
1: Yeah, so that's Shane and Morgan, that Summer Sausage Standards.
0: Oh, okay. I never knew what it uh what the SSS stood for. I only saw it as SSS.
1: Yeah, Summer Sausage Standards. <laughs> Such a goof name, but we've played with them the last two years. And they're sick. Yeah, yeah. It's like trip metal.
0: Yeah, they uh, they also hit that zone of like, it's there's a plan, but it's chaos the whole time
1: yeah definite. they're kind of just doing their own thing over each other and like they've practiced it and done it for years so they're, they're good at it Talk about the Richmond, Norfolk. Richmond Norfolk crew is really sick um they used to be like I know this band from Norfolk that we actually played with in Richmond called Ursalone.
0: oh yeah they were really cool. yeah I think I played a show with um, them
1: I bet you did they were cool they were playing cool shows and they were really good. Like, anyone like in a weird band should try to go to one or both of those cities if they're going down the East Coast. Like, Richmond and Norfolk are really sick. Philadelphia, like, I love drums like Machine Guns. Uh, oh, yeah. We're playing with them, like, we can't wait. Uh, that's like, I guess, like, we're not really talking about front bands here, but I love them. So I bet you know them, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, those guys I know. Better than anyone, like, going back uh, more than 10 years with those guys.
1: Makes sense. They're so friendly. Like, they're great. I'm trying to think. Like, we're pretty, like, we've been hanging out with uh, Hucker in Boston. They're really cool. A lot of Boston friends.
0: So how how long have you guys, like, in general, been playing? I I don't really have any sense of your age or anything, so I don't know how long you've been at it. I'm
1: 26. Uh, everyone else is like twenty four, twenty five. Uh, I guess Matt. We played. We're all from like twenty two to like thirty or something. Yeah, Steve actually is uh, thirty. I forgot Steve was in the band for a second. Uh, yeah, twenty one. Uh, on.
0: I'd uh I I'd, I'd describe this as pretty young. I don't know. I guess which reveals that I'm uh, older, but. Uh, it seems like you've been... You
1: act young, though.
0: I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't feel old. The, the The music keeps me young, I guess, but, uh, you know, that that means that you guys probably haven't been uh, playing and touring in bands for more than 10 years, is what it means.
1: Oh, no. I've probably been playing in bands for, like... Well, no, I've probably been playing in bands for, like, exactly 10 years. But touring? I took a long time to tour because I couldn't find people to play with. Yeah, that were, like, down. It was really frustrating. Uh, but I'm so glad we did it, because it's so much fun, and now it's, like, kind of easy to figure out. Like, I've booked enough band shows, plus, like, toured enough and met enough people, and it, like, just works out.
0: Yeah, do a lot of touring bands come through Denton?
1: Um, I try to convince everyone to come through, but I've been booking, like, three or four touring bands a month lately is what it seems like. Uh, like cellular chaos is coming, and I like, I just had Chris Katsiokos. So many like we've been just booking stuff for a couple of years now. So like I feel like a lot of my favorite bands have actually come through. Wow. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Come
1: through again. Yeah, it's awesome. Like like the Senate Club. Oh yeah. That was great. If they would come through again, I would love that.
0: Alright, yeah, I just I, I
1: Oh, we've crossed the Arkansas Texas border. Yeah. Like right. hours, but we're out of Texas. So. See, like Denton's like been a mu- underground music hub for at least twenty years. Like uh and right now it's having a big uphill battle with the venue situation. Like getting all the venues got set down last year. But I think we'll come through Like, Denton's been like a like uh on and off, like probably almost on the whole time though, like target destination. Like, so many cool bands have played in Denny.
0: Oh.
1: Like, I feel like Rob Butchram, he, he his project is called Filth.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen him, oh, too. Called
1: House of tonight,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And every single uh, Load Records band played there, and, like, in the early two, Like, when Noise Rock and No Wave was, like, huge. They're yeah. like, not huge, but, like, as big as it's gonna get. Like, right. in the early 2000s, like, two thousand, Like, every single band played there. I feel like lately it has been less good, and if it weren't for like a couple people, like nothing would be happening. But it's kind of cool that there's only a couple people doing stuff because there's kind of like free reign to do what you need. So like that, like I don't know. There's not, it's not hard to set stuff up. Like I've never like not been able to set somebody up a show before, which is good. Oh yeah, because I've heard that happening in other cities.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely the challenge here. Of course, is somebody's like. I want to, sh- uh, can I get a show? It's a, it's a Friday night in six weeks. And like, Friday night in six weeks? No way. You know, maybe, uh, maybe we can convince someone to put you in their basement, but everything's booked up.
1: We are having like a lot of house shows.
0: All right. So I, I feel like maybe I'm, maybe I'm running out of questions. So uh, this is like, how about like a look to the future? Like what, what band is touring next? What album are you recording next? What are the next band projects?
1: Okay, so Flesh about to go on tour in the July and August, through the East Coast and the Midwest, and then we're gonna record a new album. And then right after this 10 or 11 day gay cum daddy tour we're doing, we're gonna record a new album. that's so gonna be a split with Torgo. So we're just marathoning Flesh And then also, we're working on the last, currently last Bukaki Moms album. Like, be finished eventually. It's been worked on forever.
0: All right, and it you know it seems like you guys have a pretty good studio hookup because you have uh, you know your your recordings what I I really appreciate are not all completely lo-fi.
1: Yeah, that's awesome that you say that. Um, we record with like three different people depending on the project and the time frame and the budget. Uh, most of our albums are recorded through Michael Briggs. And uh, he's a sweetheart in Denton, who records every band in Denton, basically. Honestly, i not saying enough how much he's, like, helped my music life. Uh, every time I book a show, I use a PA. He's, like, a complete selfless dude. Like, I love him. And, uh, yeah, we record with him a lot. And then, like, we record with my buddy Justin Lemons a lot. And he's in Baby Blood with me and Beth. He's the other guitarist. Like, he recorded the Pokemon's Vinyl And then we also record with this guy, Sin Evil, who everybody needs to know. He's the best musician in Denton, probably. And he's in the best band in Denton called Slackbeat.
0: Slackbeat. You need to
1: know Slackbeat. Like, if you ever turn to Denton, I'll book you with them and hopefully they can do it. All right. Sin Evil and Slackbeat are just like completely alien shit. Like, they are so singular that I can't even tell you what they sound like.
0: Uh, I don't, this don't sounds, know. This, this, this sounds like something I <laughs> and, really uh, need to hear.
1: I've got some videos of them on my Instagram account, but uh, you really gotta check them out. Okay. They are amazing. Yeah. If we want to make an album on another planet we record with Sin Evil.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, since uh since you're heading into the boondocks and, and things are getting short, maybe just kind of like wrap up but uh i'm 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 stoked to be the one who gets to put out this next gay come daddy's album because it's it's amazing weird, and fast fantastic
1: thank you so much
0: yeah lot, lots more people i think need to discover what you've got going on uh with all these bands yeah is there is
1: that there... would be amazing i don't really like, it's kind of hard to like it's kind of weird being in texas we're just so geographically like a lot, like, I don't know, away from, like, where the stuff seems to be happening. But it kind of is happening in Texas, too. It's different.
0: Yeah, see, I mean, it it seems like, basically, due to your circle of, of bands, it's happening there as much as it's happening anywhere. Yeah, I, it's great. There's, like, an amazing
1: noise scene, you know, unlike many cities in Texas, and the, the experimental stuff's real good right now.
0: Any, uh important facts about your band about the gay Com daddies or any of your bands that people should know before i wrap up this interview That's conversation a good
1: question. Uh-huh. uh did you like that uh half the songs on Chrome are like drum machine and the other half aren't did you notice that i i did
0: i did notice although i, I guess i i thought there were some that had some of both but maybe i'm wrong
1: I think that might be the case too. Maybe what are there songs with both drum machine and drum set on Chrome? No. Well, oh, there are. Okay, wait. Well, wait, there's,
2: there's, wait a, there's keyboard drums. There's drums on the keyboard, but uh, there's never that drum machine and drums going on at the same time.
1: Oh, uh, we love drum machines.
2: Yeah,
1: we do. Um, that's not clever and insightful, but uh...
0: sometimes it's harder to make weird music with drum machines because they're they're locked in their rhythm. So you pulled well, it off. Well,
1: see, that's why we just play them uh, without sequencing them, and you just hit the key. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah. Okay, okay, I see now. Oh, do you, I'll just toss out one more band name. Do you guys know, I mean, I'm sure you know, do you listen to Fat Worm of Error?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get them to play Texas coming up. Did you know they're reuniting?
0: I didn't know. This is really important information that I need to know.
1: Yeah, we awesome. love Fat Worm, and uh, I've never gotten to see them live.
0: Well, they're, yeah, I mean, they're fantastic live. It's, I mean, you you really get a sense for that, that same kind of weird dynamic of, like, they're playing parts that don't go together, but, you know, they're doing it together, and it goes together, but not in the right yeah.
1: way. Yeah, Fat Worm, though, they're def- they're one of the best. They're, like, the most fr- rock band I've ever heard. It's either them or Angel like, for me, on the freak rock scale, but... Followed up on the third is uh, Dead Companionship. I love them. Holy shit.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen them, too. I guess at this point, I'll just kind of, like, say a thanks and, and wrap up. Um, really looking forward to your New York show, of course.
1: You should get over, Kane. Yeah. Because in Arkansas, you have to get over when there's somebody on the shoulder. Uh, or slow down. If you can't get over it. Anyways, uh, sorry. Uh
0: Alright, well, I'll I'll let you guys go and go back to driving, but uh, yeah, thanks thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hopefully some other people have fun listening to our, our rambling, and uh, the, the album sounds great. Everybody should buy it, and we'll, I'll see you in New York.
1: Yes, man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you.
0: Alright, good talking to you all. Have a safe drive.
1: Yeah, thanks for doing that. Hey, okay. Bye! Bye!